0: Good morning, class. This is Faith School. My name's Keith Moore, and we welcome you right on into the class today. It's the place where our spirit gets fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how? To be overcomers. Uh, Jesus said man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And we need to have our faith fed on a regular basis. Just like your body needs continual nourishment, your spirit needs continual nourishment. Uh, And not just anything will feed your spirit. Uh, And that's not about just being religious. Uh, Faith, nourished up in the words of faith is what the scripture says. So let's pray and release faith for that and uh, expect the Lord to feed us today just what we need. Father, in Jesus' name, We all agree together here and all around the world as touching this. We ask for utterance, for the anointing, for direction, for grace, for help. We want to know what pleases you, Father. We want to live and walk in the faith that pleases you, following in the footsteps of Father Abraham of all the patriarchs that you hold up as examples for us. Help us to see things we have not seen before. Help us to remind us and help us to see things you've already shown us and how to apply them, how they fit, and grant us understanding of these things as well. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for being so kind and gracious to us. Amen. Let's look in our great textbook, the Bible, in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, Hebrews chapter 10, and to, uh, to continue our study of, of what we're calling by faith, seeing how the patriarchs functioned and lived and pleased God by faith. Hebrews 10 verse 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Great recompense. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. And so you see with talking about patience and perseverance, and uh, after you've done the will of God and yet a little while, this refers to things in front of you. Future, your, your confidence now about something in the future. Chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance, or that word can be translated confidence, of things hoped for, the evidence, or it can, that can be translated conviction, of things not seen. Today's English version says, To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. God's Word translation says, faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. And over the previous weeks, we've looked at how Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah operated by faith. And we're down to verse 20, 21, and 22 and I link them together because they have similarities, where we see verse 20, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Isaac blessed. I think it's worth repeating that sometimes when people hear this, they think, well, you know, that's, that, that's because somebody's a prophet. Uh, they speak about the future or, you know, there was some probably some spectacular experience associated with this. That's uh, presuming and assuming we know it was by faith. And by faith is not by sight, it's not by what you're seeing or what you're feeling. No, this is held up to us as an example of what any and every father and mother can do and should do. Let's go back to the book of Genesis and look at some detail of how this happened. Back in Genesis 27. Genesis 27. And uh, remember, we're not just reading history, though this is accurate history. We're reading living examples that are applicable to us today. We're, We're supposed to be studying this To see, okay, how do I do it? How do I do what they did? In Genesis 27, first verse, since it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said to him, My son. He said to him, Behold, here I am. He said, Behold, now I'm old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray, you your weapons, your quiver, your bow, go out to the field, take me some venison. Actually that, that word just means wild game. It covers more than venison. Could be a turkey. What, what, <laughs> it includes a lot of things. probably did include venison. Make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat and my soul may bless you before I die. Now, you can see that this wasn't just some spontaneous thing that happened. This is something that uh, Isaac planned. Planned. He said, you go do that and come back and I'm going to eat and then I'm going to bless you. And the reason I'm doing it is because I'm getting old and I'll soon be leaving. And I want to do this before I get out of here. You see why, why I'm reiterating this. People associate things like this with some spectacular experience. Oh yeah, you know, the probably the glory cloud filled the room and, and it just happened and God just didn't. No, no. He did it how? By faith. By faith means you're not seeing and feeling a bunch of things. Now, one reason that Isaac did this is because of the place he has in his son's lives. The place. Hold your place here and notice with me over in the book of Hebrews, if you would. Back over in Hebrews 7 and verse 6. Um, he's talking about how Melchizedek blessed Abraham and it, it tells that, that he did, he blessed him. Uh, Melchizedek blessed Abraham who was the recipient of God's promises and verse 7 it says without all contradiction the less is blessed of the better. Uh, I like the word greater, maybe a little bit preferable. The less is blessed of the greater. You can look up the words and see what you think about it. But the idea is Esau and Jacob weren't blessing their father. He was blessing them because he's the father. Can you see that? He's the elder. Abraham wasn't blessing Melchizedek. Melchizedek was blessing Abraham. And the scripture the Holy Spirit was showing uh, that this Melchizedek is somebody great because couldn't just anybody bless Abraham because he's the recipient of the promises. He's generally the one doing the blessing. (laughs) And the reason I bring this up is because there needs to be some understanding of this. You don't want... Just any and everybody, laying hands on you, and prophesying over you, hmm? and trying to speak things into your life and over your life. Who are they, and what place do they have to do this? Does that make sense? Do you understand that? Now you got to be open. I'm not saying you know to say no. Nobody can ever pray over me. Uh, you want to be open to what the Holy Spirit says but there's a lot of folks that try to do things and they're acting like they have a greater place than they do. Uh, The reason Isaac was doing this is because he is the patriarch of the family. He's the elder. He's the old he's about to pass on. And uh, they are not far removed from Abraham, you understand. As Isaac, Abraham's his dad. And so he is uh, very aware of what God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, said to his daddy, telling him how he blessed, blesses him and his seed after him. This was big to Isaac, and Isaac conveyed this to his boys, and they conveyed that to their boys Blessing meant something to them. It wasn't just little trivial, trite stuff. Oh, you know, you sneezed. Oh, God bless you. See, that, that concept has been reduced to a little saying. We're back to that, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, no. This was an event. Can you see it? It didn't just happen randomly earlier. The father decided when's the right time for this to happen. And he is he's gathering up all of his experience and faith from all his life. And he's telling his boys, okay, is the time is close here, um, let's let's do this. Go go find me some good game and let's make a good meal. And I'm, I'm getting ready. And I'm going to bless you. Hallelujah. I'm going to bless you. The greater, uh, not just that God's saying you're a much greater person than them, greater in place. Can you hear that? That's why I say I like greater, maybe preferable to better. It's a King James phrase. But not just that you're better than somebody else intrinsically or internally. We're all loved the same by God. We don't all have the same place in the body. There are elders in the body. There are fathers and mothers in the faith. The the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. There are lesser and greater by degree anointings and place. These are to be respected. And these are a factor when it comes to one blessing another. The 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 lesser is blessed by the greater, is what Hebrew seven seven says. Go back to Genesis if you'd notice. Let's look at this again. Genesis. Um, Genesis twenty seven. Let me let me just clarify before we go on. Uh, you know. Somebody comes up to you, maybe even a stranger, and they want to start laying hands on you and prophesying, and you don't have a witness about it, you should be perfectly fine saying, no, <laughs> no, just I'm, I'm not ready for that right now. <laughs> who are you? Right? Who are you? What exactly are you trying to minister to me? <laughs> Come on, can you see that? If you don't know who they are, you don't even know what's in them, right? Right? What are they trying to do? Uh, and yet, when it's right, it's a holy thing. It's a, I remember when uh, Phyllis and I, we had, uh, I guess we had been to Ramah and then had graduated for a couple of years. And uh, Brother Hagen and Miss Aretha, our elders, were going to lay hands on us and some other folks in connection with being set apart to do the, the ministry. Special time, special time. He he talked about how that Moses laid hands on Joshua, and how that and Paul laid hands on Timothy, and how that things were imparted. You remember, um, Paul said to Timothy, "Stir up the gift that was put in you when hands were laid on you by me and the presbytery, the elders there." And so uh, I actually got a picture of him laying hands on us in my office <laughs> and uh, when, uh, uh, in, in, in Branson. And when he, uh, he, he laid hands on us, special thing, special thing. But you understand what I'm saying? He has that place in our lives, mm-hmm. right? And we respect that. And so Isaac is their father. How many think fathers and mothers should be respected in the family? Of course, they should conduct themselves uh, with dignity and honor. But even if they don't, the Lord told you to honor, Mm -hmm. right? Show honor as a matter of respect because of what he said. And uh, spiritually, it's certainly true. And so uh, he told him that. In verse 5, Rebekah, his wife, heard when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, because Esau was the oldest, the firstborn. And the, the birthright of the firstborn belongs to the firstborn. And so Esau went to the field to hunt uh, wild game and to bring it. Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, and said, Behold, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me wild game and make me savory meat. You know, back in those days, spices were rare, rare. So people ate a lot of stuff with no salt no pepper, none of that. And so if you could get a hold of some salt and some pepper, some garlic, whatever, oh man, it was a feast. But I mean, can you imagine if you hadn't had anything with any flavor for a while? That's what he's talking about. Give get, get me, get me some of that savory meat. And uh, so this is a special meal. This is a special occasion. That I may eat and bless you before the Lord before my death. The more you read this, the more you can see this is by faith. This is planned. This is something he's doing as an act of his will and faith. And uh, so Rebecca says, I heard him say that. And so now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command you. Go to the flock, fetch two good kids of the goats. I will make them savory meat for your father, such as he loves. And you'll bring it to your father that he may eat and he may bless you before his death. Oh, Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will feel me, and I'll seem to him as a deceiver, and I'll bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. His mother said, Upon me be your curse, my son. Obey my voice, and go fetch him for me. So he went and got him, brought him to his mother. She made the meal. And then she took some of Esau's clothes and put them on Jacob. And she took the skins of the kids of the goats that were hairy and put them on Esau's hands and the back of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and bread which she had to her hand, into the hand of her son Jacob. He came to his father and said, My father. He said, Here I am. Who are you? <laughs> My son. So he can't see, but obviously there's nothing wrong with his hearing. Jacob said to his father, "I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done according to as you've bade me. Arise, eat my venison, that my that your soul may bless me." Isaac said to his son, "How is it that you found it so quickly, my son?" He said, "The Lord brought it to me." Isaac said to Jacob, "Come near, I pray you, that I may feel you, my son, whether you be my very son Esau or not." He knew something was up. Something wasn't right. Jacob went near to Isaac his father and he felt him and said the voice is Jacob's voice but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he probably thought well I really am getting old. I'm, you know, it's just, I thought it was Jacob. He discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau says. Now there's another message here about judging according to appearance <laughs> and feelings, right? You can really get it wrong. So he blessed him And he said, are you my very son Esau? He said, I am. He said, bring it near to me. I'll eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless you. He brought it near to him. He did eat. He brought the wine. He drank. His father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. So what's he he doing now? He's going to bless him by faith. He said, come here. He kissed him and he came near and he kissed him. He smelled the smell of his clothes. And that inspired a thought to bless. That, that's how faith works. You take a step. See, he, he didn't know everything he's going to say and do. He's doing this by faith. But he said, come here, taking it one step at a time. Kissed him, probably on the cheek or something. And when he did, he caught a whiff of his clothes and it smelt like the field. And that inspired his heart and mind about blessings in the field. Can you see that? One step leads to the next, leads to the next. And you start by faith. You keep doing that. The Spirit of God will help you and prompt you, and you wind up at a very good place. And you could wind up at a place where you're really sensing the anointing and presence now, but you started off, no feeling, in faith. See, the smell of my son, verse 27, is as the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. Boy, it's it's something we need to remind ourselves every time we eat a meal. That's the blessing of the Lord. The Lord blessed somebody's crop. Is that right? Somebody's herd, somebody's flock to be fruitful and to multiply. Some farmer made a crop. Some rancher had a harvest of the herd. And that is impossible without the blessing of the Lord. So there is curse on the earth because of man's sin, but there's also still enough blessing, right, to sustain us and get us through. Somebody say, Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. So uh, listen to the blessing in verse 28. This is the specific words that he spoke over his son in order to bless him. He said, God give you of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve you and let nations bow down to you. Be, hear that word? Be Lord over your brethren. Let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone that curses you, and blessed be he that blesses you. Hear the language of blessing and sense the spirit of blessing. It's good, it's empowerment, it's enlargement, it's promotion, and it is not Ambiguous. It is not hesitant. Can, can you hear how, how straightforward it is? And uh, it's not a, a petition, please, Lord, do something for him. Right? That's not what it is. He is, because of his place in his son's life and because of his knowledge that he got from his father, Abraham. Of blessing that Abraham got from God, blessing means something to them. It should mean something to us too. And uh, you, you'll hear people trivial of. I, I've said to people before they've come up, and I said something, and I've said, "Well, bless you." And I've had people look at me and say, "I'm already blessed." Well, <laughs> you wouldn't take any more, huh? <laughs> I, that that's being disrespectful, because usually in these cases. I had a place to say it. I should have had in their lives. But people think wrong. Uh, You should not think you are experiencing all of the blessing you could be experiencing in this life. I assure you, there's more (laughs) to experience. And uh, his father, listen to it again God give you the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth. Plenty of corn and wine. Not we hope it happens. God give it to you. Let people serve you. In fact, you know, this is King James language, but you you'll see the idea of what we said of the B. Be. Blessing begins with B, B E. B fruitful and multiply. That to me, that's the ultimate expression of blessing. That's what God said in the beginning. Be. Light. Be. And when he blessed his people, specifically, be fruitful. Be blessed. Uh, Let people serve you. Be served. Let nations bow down to you. Be Lord. Do you hear that phrase? Be Lord over your brothers. Let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be Or be cursed, everyone that curses you. Be blessed, everyone that blesses you. Didn't take all day. Wasn't a long, long thing. But this is in the Bible. We're reading about it millennia later. Why? And he did it how? By faith. He did it by faith. And uh, it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, Jacob was yet scarce going out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau his brother came in from hunting. He just got out of the room. And he also had made savory meat, and he brought it to his father. He said, Father, let my father rise and eat of his son's venison, that your soul may bless me. And Isaac, his father, said, Who are you? He said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled very exceedingly. He said, well, who and where is he that's taken venison and brought it to me? And I've eaten of all before you came, and I have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. Here we see how real a real blessing is. Even though Jacob came in through subtlety and even said some things that weren't true, to get it, Isaac said, I've released it on him. And he's blessed. <laughs> he couldn't just say, okay, okay, negate that, no. Uh-uh, just forget all that. This is how real these things are when they're done genuinely. And so then he begins to cry, well, I, don't you have another blessing? <laughs> Can't you give me one too? And so he actually did. In verse uh, 37 he said I've made him your Lord and all his brethren I've given I've blessed him with corn and wine what am I going to give you and so he did in verse 39 he said well your dwelling will be the fatness of the earth and dew of heavens by your sword you'll live and you'll serve your brother and it'll come to pass though you'll, you'll have the domin- when you have dominion you'll break his yoke off your neck so he was able to speak something over him too but this thing is so real that once it was done he said it's done said out loud Lord teach me how to speak blessing over myself over my family in a way that lasts into the future for generations praise God (laughs) well that's it for faith school again we'll see you next time